0: At the BfT Center, we welcome and accept many children from time to time. And then we start to understand, okay, to accept the children at the center is a very good chance to provide them food and proper education, but how they split up from their family. So to understand about the whole story from them and with, like, for example, one of the children took us to the family who not far from a same city and we saw the family and then the, which we in hope that we can integrate uh, or housing back the children to the family, right? My name is Sita Long, I'm the founder and director of Build Your Future Today Center, listening to cat Talk, double T.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to season one of GUT Talks, double G, U, double podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design, and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer, strategist, and venture builder, running two ventures, GUT, double G, U, and Other Dots Foundation. I decided to launch GUT Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria.god.com, WG-U-T-T, or check the links in the show notes. Now let's get started. Our guest today is Professor Setalong from Cambodia. He's the founder of Build Your Future Today, a non-profit organization committed to supporting and providing Cambodian people, especially children who have been through hardship with the economic and intellectual tools to build a bright future. He created a model for integration and education, and who would have thought that after enduring and surviving the most dark and brutal hours, In Cambodia himself, under the Khmer Rouge regime, that he would transform this hard experience into a humane and human one. Professor Seta, I can't wait to get started. Thank you so much for being here, Professor Seta. Long, can you take us through what's been happening in Cambodia? How did you get started? Can you just describe the climate of what was happening under the Khmer Rouge? So to set the
0: scene to the audience. What happened in my real life and also Cambodia during that time, right? To start with the story of the Khmer Rouge. So it was on the 17th April 1975 that made the entire Cambodia and I myself was totally changed. As a teenager attending the high school in Phnom Penh in the early of 1970, I experienced firsthand the cruelty and destruction caused to Cambodian people, especially the one living in all over the country, right? And at the hand of the Khmer Rouge. My family was separated and sent to the different forced labor camps. By the end of the range of terror, 10 of my 14 members had killed. And die because of the Khmeru regime, right? Yeah, we call here the Khmeru regime of terror. Yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing this. And it's not easy things to hear and what you went through. But I'm curious to you know what made you do what you do? How did you find the strength into getting started?
0: Yeah. So actually there's a long, long story, right? That I have been came through from time to time. You know, I believe that the world have been aware about the suffering and hardship during the Khmer Rouge, that forced people, you know, no family and no country. So actually, the Khmer Rouge have taken place almost four years, and actually, you know, they they forced people to live without family, and actually, I I myself was in the family of one of the big family, right? And then when the Khmer Rouge was taken into the city of Nopinda, the capital, so they forced and evacuate all the people from home, go to the countryside so everyone worked as like planting rice or building dams and whatever, no school, no money or no markets. So everyone just like worked in the rice field. And a lot of people die because of could not be adapted to the cruel environment, so actually, during that time, the people were forced to work like slaves, yeah so more than almost twenty hours each day, no weekends, no holiday, and on top of that, they didn't offer enough food every time, every day, we almost the same thing. Like rice soup or some uh, limited vegetable or meat, and they didn't provide us enough. They don't care how much you need. It's just like, okay, here is your ration of food, and then you eat. So, for example, like working from the morning, five or six hours until 12 at noon, and no breakfast, and come to the kitchen. Yeah, as I mentioned, they give you the, like the rice soup, and then after. 10 or 15 minutes your lunch, and then you go back to rice field and work in different kinds of assigned jobs. And then in the evening, you return back to the kitchen. They offer you the same amount and also the same food. And then you go back and work until 12 or 1 at the midnight, and then you have only like four or five hours sleep. And during at that time, it's more than a nightmare, right? So I experiencing and saw so many people die because of starvation or lack of health care or like forced to work hard, right? So actually, yeah, so this is uh, something like unforgettable from what the people. And then, you know, as I mentioned that after almost the four year in genocidal regime, I became the refugee. At the early stage, I only, I myself, I didn't know where my family or my sibling located because, you know, during the Khmeru, everyone spread out, right? No family, no father, no mother. That's what they say, right? And just listen to unka meaning mean, like, organization, it mean, the leader of the Khmeru, right? So, and then, yeah, I fled out the country during the Khmeru war uh, you know, taking power by Vietnamese. So a lot of people, including I myself, were so scared because we took that opportunity to escape from the country. So I was a very young man at that time, about like 20 years old, right? So on the way to the Thai border, so I start doing something because I saw the children on my way to the border. So and they are younger and they feel confusing and crying, and they didn't have any dependence. So I have to, to stop and check with them, and then decide to okay take care of them. And then you know I took them, and we we walk on foot over fifteen days, and then finally we were lucky reached to the border of Cambodian Thailand, and there later on the united nations established the uh, camps so i and uh, 20 other children that i brought along so yeah we joined in the camp and later on more people rushed to as like refugee escape from Cambodia to the camp so at that time you know i myself too i was looking for my family who I was, as I mentioned that, yeah, before the Khmer Rouge, 14 member. and Then at that time, I decided I was looking for my own family. I also helped to find the family of the children that I was taking care, of, right? So with a few of them, luckily they found their family and the rest of them nowhere to go. So I continue to taking care under this uh, support of the United Nations, right? And in fact, I met the, a woman who would become uh, my wife. And then, yeah, together we decided to, you know, taking care of the, the rest of the kids in the camps. And then we continued to, to support them. And, you know, actually I spent 12 years in the refugee camp. And in 1992, the UN have arranged for repatriation all. Cambodian refugee after ending all the war, right? So we, we returned back to Cambodia. and Then, you know, I took along with me, my family, and yeah, around 15 children that we fostered in early faith that I mentioned that we escaped from Cambodia.
1: So, what, you were 20 years old and just going back as you were talking, it made me realize it was like more of your gut feeling that actually allowed you to, something triggered that you can't leave those kids alone and yes. made this decision, this lifetime, life-changing decision in that sense to foster 15 kids in a refugee camp and then move back to Cambodia. Were you ready at 20 years old?
0: Actually, by being initially I was not attempting to take care of any kids because I, I was so scared and, and horrified to my own self. And at the same time, you know, escape from Cambodia, where I used to experience the life during the Khmer Rouge. And then another war come, and then we everyone's scared, right? But come across the children without any hope or without any family, just like confusing and crying, you know, they stopped me, right? And then with that, I didn't attempt to bring them along with me at all. I just come to calm them down and talk what was going on. And then, yeah, I realized that they were abandoned and then no pardon, no family. And compared to I myself, it means they were suffering more than me. So that, you know, at that time, uh, don't need to think too much because even I was young and also have the same problem to them. But, you know, I decide, okay, taking care of them. So from that time, it come to uh, the habit or the, the commitment that I have continued to do until today. Yeah.
1: How did you start your model of taking a rural village to make it sustainable? And education is just one part of it, but the model goes beyond that. How did you get started?
0: Yeah, back to the past that I started, like the United Nations Repatriate or Cambodian Deep from the camp to Cambodia, right? I brought along with the children that I foster. So come to Cambodia, I continue, my wife and I, you know, we worked very, very hard to, to earn our income, to yeah, just like to support the children we foster, as well as our own family. But back in into Cambodia, so we saw more and more children quite similarly uh, to the children that we foster before, right? And then we decided to take care more and more of them. So in Cambodia, after war, I mean, like, you know, a lot of orphans, they lost their farm. And then there's also some children, they have their family, but their family could not support them to have enough food or to go to education. So, yeah, I was working various UN, other international organizations in Cambodia, and also work as like at the Children's Hospital. So during that time, I worked with many foreigners and also expat living in, in Symbria. And they knew my family taking care of many kids. They came to volunteers and, and have teaching English. And also, they tried to convince me because more and more, my wife and I are taking care of the kids. And then they say, okay, Tita, why you didn't start any official agency so that we can uh, join to look for help. So this is something like, you know, as we have been doing to support the children only from our heart and sympathy by our own family. So when we heard that friend is willing to join, so my family have established the Bill Your Future Today Center, right? Or BFT at our home, which we only taking care of kids. Firstly, as my sin we brought from the camp, and then we turn our house into the learning center, so which I mentioned that uh, our friend come to have teaching English or computer literacy and art, etc. right? And then, so back to how we extend our project to the village, because, you know, some of the children that we foster at our home, they are not, everyone, not, not often, I mentioned, right? Some, they have family, but but they have to leave home because family cannot support. So at the BFT Center, we welcome and accept many children from time to time. And then we start to understand, okay, to accept the children at the center is a very good chance to provide them food and proper education, but how they split up from their family. So to understand about the whole story from them and with, like, for example, one of the children took us to their family who not far from astimri city and we saw the family and then the, which we in hope that we can integrate uh, or housing back the children to the family right and then when we arrived home we saw the single mother with many other children living under depression lack of food or money and hope and then our concept of a plan to bring back the children to live with the family, it's, you know, we said, okay, even we leave the children there, tomorrow they they may come after and find other place to to live because they don't have enough food. So to do that, we have to have a look deeper into, okay, the idea that, you know, to have the children return back peaceful and happily in their family, we have to have the family, have the mother and also the community. That's why we start inducing the, uh, like the mother living depression. We bring our volunteer Buddhism monks to, to help counseling, to like healing the trauma, traumatized, right? And the psychology healing. And then step by step, you know, we understand from what the basic need like food or income. So in addition to help. Healing her depression, so we also help her to learning skill. Yeah, like one of the family that we start one of the first sharing with us that we want to become like the fish farmer, right? And then we have start, you know, okay, building her ponds and help her with the fish, and then train her how to farm fish and also a kinds of like business development, so that. She can raise income by or uh, from selling fish or eating fish as her protein. And, you know, at the same time, uh, she become more and more strong and also confident. With the time of the period, yeah, we understand that she didn't have a proper house because her house roof is leaking during the raining. So our volunteer and supporter building her house. Then we start moving all the children which we support at the BFE center uh, to back to the family and continue to support the children and make sure them they go to school and have enough food. And then, you know, this is not only one family and many, many other families that we have been doing that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, thank you for that because you used some key words here that are really related to And I'm going back to my background and what this podcast is about in a way of business for good, tech for good, experience design. But behind the scenes, you have done a lot of the design process as well. And you're building from the ground up. So you used a word such as understanding, empathy. So you started with what you had and then you learned over time what people need, the resources you have, the humanity around you, like the complete opposite of what you experienced like 12 years before that, before moving to the refugee camp. But then you have the opposite of people trusting you and wanting to support because they saw that what you're doing is great and not harming anyone, but on the contrary, supporting. And then you got started by, but started seeing, all right, something is not working. So you started thinking about the system Around it And the bigger picture to see, all right, how can we fix that? Because it's not only about raising the kids and supporting them, but it's the families. Because if you want to build something sustainable around it, and not to detach the kids from the families, but keep them there, and be part of creating something for the community and for the future, going back to the name of, of your organization. How challenging was that? And how was it to gain the trust of the families and the community?
0: Yeah, everything that we have been doing so far, there are always challenges and with the also positive impact, right? And I would say that, uh, you know, the positive impact, first because of the when we started introducing the project, right? As I mentioned that we starting building school and help the children to go to school and make sure that, you know, the children living with healthy and with good environment in their family. And to do that, it's not busy until, for example, like when we building school. And then we make sure all the children come to study. But from time to time. We understand that many children abandon school. And then we start to understand why. How? We have built school and we have all things, right? But why the children abandon school? And then we start to deeper study to understand how. And why we realize that, as I said that, uh, many family in the community, they live and they challenge with the food shortage and no nothing to be ensured that their life is uh, brighter or moving forward. So this is something like, you know, uh, we understand that, okay, just like give someone, give people education, but they stay hungry and their families fall apart. How that they absorb their education? This is why we realize that most of the children are forced to quit the school because the situation of their family. And most of the adults, they came through during the Khmeru time. They didn't have time to receive education because during the war, right? And then this is why they didn't value any advantage of education. BFT have learned about that and then start to initially try to help the children to go back to school. But to do that, you have to help their family, to help their community. So first, we have to introduce education among adults to help especially the women to learn basic, we call it like adult literacy training, to learn read and write, calculate the number. And then with that, we encourage the people to learning skill, right? So in order to generate food security or income generation. So we propose that after your graduation from your six month adult literacy training, what is your dream? they share with us like one of the family i uh maybe i i didn't mention yet her name is we are with seven kids and then she brought all the children back from school to help her to work on the rice field or taking care of siblings just like for her to, to make more money and then we realized that she didn't read and write at all and then we help her to learn the you know basic literacy and then she shared with us that she wants to be a sims. And then we introduced her and gave her the life skill training to become seamstress. And later on, we provide her like a sewing machine. And then yes, she, she started building her family economic improvement. And then from what she learned and skill, and then she started making money and food to support the children. Seeing that result like the people like who lived struggling her life in the past with good short take and then she value education and then she start encourage children to go to school so this is something like people they saw their change in their life and then they value education and they start okay hey education is very important so they support their, their children to go to school so this is something like we earn trust because the people themselves, they realize about the importance of what they learn and what they make their life change. And regarding to like the challenge, as I mentioned, you know, so far, BFT is a small NGO. And then, you know, we realize heavily with the support, both in like commitment and financial from our supporters and donor all over the world. And some of them, they volunteer, and they really commit with like great help. And then after they left BFT with like a, a period of one month or one week or two weeks, then they return back to their home, and then they start to continue from their distance to continue with help, right? And then yeah, so far we we have our friends worldwide, like within more than ten different countries who count you, you know, they used to come and volunteer and then they went back and they continue they have. But some of them, they just like, you know, came when weeks or two weeks. And then the most of the difficult thing that we are facing. So we when we welcome any volunteer, especially the, the final from outside you know, two weeks is very, very short period. So just like to help them to be adapted to the Cambodian culture or climate, right? And also the time they, they left us. So this is something like our challenging. So that uh, besides we helping our team to help improving the life of the poor villager, we also get our kinds of responsibility to, to have our volunteer from outside who spend not enough time with us.
1: Yeah, and I guess during the pandemic, it's even harder. To have volunteers coming as well, right? But I guess you're keeping it is still ongoing what you're doing without the volunteers. I guess the children who have been through your program and who are part of your community, I guess they're supporting as well the new generations. Is that correct? Is it working that way?
0: Yes, exactly. At this time at BFT, we have our young people who, yeah, some of them used to grow up under. Uh, my wife and I care, right? Over like thirty years ago. They grew up with us at BFT. We trained them. We gave them education. We we, you know, support them. And some of them become uh father or mother of their their own family children, right? But they continue to help to volunteer their works and also like like when I, I have like the learning center at BFT, a lot of them came to to have teaching their the, the younger children who live in here so for example like at this time yeah we haven't had any foreign volunteer at all we realized on our small team so most of our small team as I mentioned the children who grew up here so they became our key people and manage the projects like the program run by one of the child who used to Stay and grew up in here, and now he manages all the program. And other like, for example, the kid like I think about twenty years ago, he was one of the uh, homeless living Mm -hmm. nearby the rubbish dam, and we help him to now become like the best the best teenager who can speak English very well. He almost finished uh, university uh, to become a tourism, and now he also trying to become like professional football coach which he took care with our partnership uh, called like happy football cambodia australia by each year before the covid outbreak so yeah he took the kids to homeless world cup challenge or match in different country like in scotland or in netland and in Norway, etc. So this is something like so far we, we don't have any hard time or problem with like our manpower because yeah all of them, I can say that uh 90% of them who grew up with us and turned themselves to become more ability and understand how to help other people here. You know.
1: yeah, because I guess they've been through this. There's lots of empathy here as well because they know how others feel and so they can relate to them and know how to communicate. But you touch on an important part when I was asking how do you like gain their trust and what keeps them going? It's the fact that they can measure the success and the impact of their activities. So do you have another story to share where maybe you have done something differently?
0: Yes. Actually, the story that I remember, there are so many different things, right? So let me point out some of the reason four-year program. So actually, yeah, I mentioned that we start the project at the BFP Center, taking care of the kids. And then we move to the families and then the community. And then we understand the root of the problem. I mean, like the story behind of the challenging of the people, especially the impoverished people living in the remote countryside area. Yeah. In Cambodia, it may be different from other, you know, the people challenge so many different issues, including the, you know, no road, no electricity, and no healthcare. So BFT have make a lot of change life to people in, in the countryside, especially the, the community in the rural, by, you know, helping people to receive proper education. So for example, like one of the kids, they graduate at BFT Center in Siem Reap and then become more and more skilled in learning English and also in other skills that we support them to university. And with the period of time, like the lady, now we train her to become like social worker. So, her background, as I mentioned, right? So, after spending years with DFT for the uh, study law, and then, yes, yeah, she helped us with like on the social worker. So, besides, she, she support her community to like provide counseling or to improve the crisis, I mean like domestic violence in her uh, community, but now she start to do more in different communities. So far, we have fought and worked in around 50 different villages, which consists of approximately 70,000 population. We are not only providing like building schools, also help people to wear and to improve their healthcare, nutrition, and also help them to build them skill learning, like skill development, right? And then also help them to bring like harmony, live among in their family. Yeah, because in the past, people come through a lot of their experience in hardship and suffering. And nowadays, they're still living with their past. So this is something like the BFT team, especially the one young lady almost graduated uh, to law. We trained her to become social worker. And then she started doing more and more Went to village by village to provide counseling and also help the community to, to walk through the crisis. And also this is something like from a little girl who lives in the countryside without any hope and without any education. So PFT bring, bring her with strongly support and believe that education is the bridge. to improve improve people, especially herself. Beside her helping her own self and her community, now she do more to help other communities. And then we saw also the community receive benefit from the project and then start infecting to other communities as their neighbors. So that something like we start for example like for four years this project in this village and then the people in the neighboring village saw the changes and then they came to request us, so please have come to help our community then you know this is something like that makes us like more what we call like encouragement and also a strength that we can continue to do more even if we have the small or the limited resources, but we have a lot of like manpower volunteering with knowledge and skill, yeah, and motivation. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Thank you for these stories. And I guess uh one story leads to the other one because they become a model and people relate to it. And you're creating your ambassadors just by people seeing the impact and able to relate to it and want to do more. This is awesome. Is there anything you would like to add?
0: Actually, yes. let me share something like in what I have been doing so much now because I have many, many people like friends and other humanitarian that have very compassionate heart. And it's just like a lot of people, they say that, they ask me questions. You don't have home, you don't have family, you don't have country when I escape, right? But how are you taking care of the kids? Let just like focus on yourself. Actually, you know, I found and realized myself that doing to help others is not just like you have enough ability or capacity or resource, but especially from your heart, right? And your your compassion. And like the example, like I myself is just like one person. And then I infected too many younger generations that surrounding by me. I have many lovely children, youth, and then friends, not only in Cambodia, but all over the country who come and join to the And you don't need to have speciality in skill, yeah, like your teacher or professor or when you have heart and compassion and sympathy, yeah, you know, do something from your skill or yourself to help others. This is something like, you know, at BFT, all uh, looking forward to welcome. And help, big or small, compassionate commitment, contribution, will help building hope and peace and a better future for the younger generation, especially in part of the world and also in Cambodia. So this is I, I I would like to appeal that you know we we are looking for help in order to to do more to replicate what our effort and our lesson learned and success of helping people to change their lives so yeah, come and help doing something
1: yeah thank you for sharing that because this is something i wanted to ask as well and i'm amazed by how after everything you've been through and the brutal uh, reality you, you faced you still have this trust into humanity based on, on what you're saying. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to put the links of Build Your Future. You're looking for volunteers basically to come support, teach something, share
0: skills, right? Yeah, as I mentioned that we already need both commitment like to have a volunteer and also like financial support, big or small, right? The BFT, we have our uh, website and also we have uh, Facebook and Instagram. And also LinkedIn, right? So if any I can access to one of those devices, so yeah, please have a look at Build Your Future Today Center on those social media. And you can offer help not only in Cambodia, but also from the distance at your home.
1: Absolutely. And this is why, as well, with other Dots Foundation, we're looking at how we can try to help your model grow, but in a different way. I know that you spoke already with some of my peers so thank you so much for this thank you for sharing uh, your story and i'm gonna try to share this as well as much as i can this was an inspiring and engaging story and i welcome everyone to share it thank you for listening
0: you are listening to gut talks by maria matloub to support the show Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.